nah, nah, we won't, we won't do an intro until later. So that's fine. Okay. All right. So Troy. Yeah. So, I mean, I've watched the first, so I've already hit record. I've, I've watched the first few episodes, the first two episodes, cause you just released the third one like an hour ago, which seems like it was a huge pain. <laughs> it was a, it was a struggle. Uh, this week was a little bit of a struggle, but uh, we got it out. Um, you don't really know the loyalty of your subscribers until you don't drop a video on time. And then they're like pissed. So uh, we had a couple of uh, little messages. They're like, you know, I I'm waiting, you know, so we're sorry about that. That, that wasn't our norm. Um, we had an internet glitch yesterday and anyway, so yeah. it's up now and uh, episode three, you can go tune in. Um, but yeah, I mean, tell me, tell me your thoughts on the first two episodes. So, yeah. So I was, I was really interested. So hindsight, I, or to just give a little backstory, I have applied for Hunt Wars already. Um, and, and we were talking right before the show, it's like, it's a free hunt with your buddy, which we'll get into, but, right. um, but I was expecting, it's not what I was expecting. So I shot it over to my buddies because it was a lot higher quality than I thought it would be. So like you have, you have guys that are doing like, uh, like the hunting public who are putting out mm -hmm. content, like every couple days. Right. And their footage, like you can't expect them to pr produce this, uh, you know, amazing show in two days or whatever, and get it out the door. So their, their motto is, is quantity and getting out content for everyone to see and getting out real content. And then you have like a Donnie Vincent or a rock house motion company that puts together one video a year you know, but it's right. super high right. quality. And I think you guys have a, f a great mix between the two. Like I was not expecting, like, like, like I said, the quality of the footage, um, but it looks great. And I also appreciate, I really appreciate um, you give these little tips for like non hunters or people who don't know what the heck's going on with, with elk hunting and whatnot on the bottom of the screen. But then you also, you guys also have kind of like that, that reality, portion of it where you like flip back and forth between the people like what was it in it was it the second episode of the first episode where the bama boys slept in all morning and you just that was like, the, yeah episode two <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you just like switch back to them and it's like 10 a.m still yeah. in bed <laughs> yeah yeah they uh we we thought we were we lost them the night before to be honest with you we uh I, I grabbed my pack, threw a bunch of stuff in it and uh, was literally driving out there. And they say, you know, they talk about it uh, in episode three, but I think it's like, they say it was like 1030. It was actually like 1230, one o'clock in the morning. When they got back? When they got, when they were driving back. And so at 12, I'm like, holy crap, we killed somebody <laughs> day one of Hunt Wars. Like literally <laughs> it was, I was like, I got it. I threw Gatorades in my backpack, my headlamp. And it's not like we have, you know, 50 dudes back at camp. The other team was already in bed. I'm not going to ask them to go look for the other team. Right. So it was just kind of me. And I grabbed one other partner um, and we took off down the road and we're like, we're going to have to go find these jokers where they're at. Like we were really nervous. And um, that day they'd forgotten like a inreach because normally all of our teams have an inreach. Yeah. And I think actually the Bama boys did end up having one, but I didn't know that at the beginning. So I'm like, these guys are out here, no in reach. I can't get a hold of them. I don't know where they're at. I knew where they had parked and where the, the trailhead that they were planning on going. So luckily we ran into them on the drive over and they were in pretty bad shape. Like it was pretty, pretty, oh, man. it's funny looking back now, but I mean, they, they, you know, we got back to camp. It was a torrential downpour. They were freezing cold. They were wet. They were dehydrated. Like they were, they had altitude sickness. I mean, it was as bad as it gets. And so, um, you know, rookie mistake on our part, we probably should have caught all of that. I don't know how you film in a torrential downpour, but it was pouring rain and those dudes climbed in their sleeping bags. I took over some stuff from our, you know, our trailer and tent that we had that was set up for everybody to eat. Um, and then, yeah, it was, they, they literally fell asleep and didn't wake up till like noon the next day. It was crazy, man. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're kicking off. So 
Troy, Troy is running Haunt Wars for anybody listening, just backing up a sec. Troy's running yeah. Haunt Wars and we'll get into what that is and everything. Um, but uh, but it's like you're kicking off this brand new, this brand new thing that the industry has never really seen before. Day one, people might have died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't really think of that as you're in your planning session of like, hey, this is going to be great. You don't think like, holy cow, people could die. Um, but yeah, so it's that competition aspect going too hard, going too hard day one, man, we have, I've done a few elk hunts and one of my buddies see every year, it doesn't, it it never fails. He like thinks he's Superman when he rolls out there. We're from Wisconsin. We go up there and we camp at like 8,000 feet and we try to climb to like nine or 10,000 feet, um, throughout the week. Like maybe we're getting to an 11,000 footer. Um, some week, some days, but first day, we're always like, Hey, first day, we're just like staying minimum. We're going really slow. We're just figuring out life. And he's always like, dude, let's go, let's go. And then he's the first one to throw up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, every time. It's uh, it's kind of uh, in our DNA as hunters, I think. So you know, Hunt Wars is built for that though. It's built for the, you know, everyday guys that get to go hunt. And it was funny, Anthony, I'll kind of tell you, but it was funny um, back in the day or just recently I had a, an outfitter reach out and he's like, Hey, this says for everyday hunters, I'm an outfitter. Do I qualify as an everyday hunter? And I'm like, what is an everyday hunter? You know, I was just like, I'm yeah. like, yeah, of course you could apply. Like, you know, I guess it was more just like, this show is not going to have the same celebrity on it every time. It's not going to have the same influencer on it every time. These are, these are just guys that are not influencers. These are guys that are, you know, everyday guys. That's what we meant by that. And that's kind of what we did in season one. We featured eight teams. Now, two of those teams were brand matchups. That was Aaron of Kafaru, the CEO, um, Aaron Snyder, and also uh, South Cox, the CEO of Stalker Stickbows. That was our celebrity slash brand matchup for season one, but all the other matchups were just guys that put in and they just applied. It's a hundred bucks. Like you put in and we randomly drew their names and called them and said, Hey, this is your elk hunt. You're going to show up on this date at this time. We won't tell you a lot about your unit. We're going to give you a hunt and fool membership and an Onyx membership. They got elite status with both of those companies. They got to talk to, an expert at hunt and fool that told them all about the unit that they'll be hunting, but they had no real idea where we were going to be camping and any of that. A week okay. before the hunt started, I shot him over the, the Onyx map of where the coordinates told them to be there two days early. They got into camp two days early. We did filming of a backstory the day before, two days before the hunt started. And then the day before the hunt started, they got to go scout and they got to drive around, get familiar we all had dinner that night and, uh, and, and kicked off the competition and then it's game on in the morning. And that is, that is hunt wars. Um, no scouting, you know, seven days to get it done. And you're really, you know, you're, you're kind of competing against yourself more than the other team. You know, every time you step out in the, in the wild, when you guys come out, you're really competing against yourself in, we want to kill the most mature biggest bull that we can find and that's what these guys are out doing the only difference is there's thousands of prizes on the line for these guys so (laughs) yeah uh it makes you hike a little harder you know your your buddy that throws up first he's gonna even push harder just because you're (laughs) like holy cow like so what we had on season one is when they showed up we had a bunch of gear already in camp for them that they got from just coming on the show thousands yeah Leopold rangefinders, binos, Badlands backpacks, you know, just crazy, awesome yeah, stuff. You show that, you show that in the first episode, like they open yeah. up the tent and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. So yeah, we had that for season one. Um, the prizes for season one were uh, prime bows for both uh, guys that won, um, crispy boots for both guys that won, um, solo stoves for both guys that won, uh, black Ovis pants for both guys at one and then a pair of crispy socks. So it was like a, oh, and canvas cutters, canvas cutters for both guys at one. So it was probably 2000, three, yeah, yeah 3000-ish dollars. You know, the bows were the Nexus bows. So they're 1200 bucks a whack. So yeah. 
yeah, I mean, it was, it was probably 3000 ish dollars of, of prizes. And that's a lot for, you know, a guy <laughs> to, to really push fun. on an elk hunt, not to mention a trophy area. Um, the unit we were in, they were chasing some giant bulls. Like we're talking 350, 360 class bulls. Like there were, yeah. there were those type of bulls in there. Um, so that's the premise for season one. Season two is going to feature 12 teams. We expanded it. We did rifle hunts instead of just archery. So we've got two antelope rifle oh, hunts. That so we'll all of on. season one is just archery? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. Then, and, uh, it wait, was before, just, we, before we jump to season two. So like season one is what you just released, right? You yep. released it. Are you doing one episode a week? Yeah. One episode yeah. a week and about okay. three episodes per matchup. Okay. So this, this episode three, is this the last matchup? No, the, this will be the second to last. We, we, again, in the editing process, we're learning. Um, and I, you know, we kind of need a begin middle and end. And so episode three is kind of the middle middle. And then we ended <laughs> in episode four. So uh, from here on out, you'll see, we'll kind of stick to that three, three episodes, uh, per matchup. So, okay. And I just like, like, I just, I want to know, you didn't have to tell me that because episode three just came out. So I was like, Ooh, am I going to see the, the final of this? The finals? No, um, uh, no, you will not. Uh, okay. which uh, is a spoiler That's alert, cool. but you'll go watch it anyway, but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty entertaining. Uh, episode three. Yeah. I feel like, so, okay. So that's, so season one is, this is the elk hunt. Um, so you said you had, you had eight teams. So is that four hunts or is yep. that eight hunts? That's four hunts, four hunts, eight teams. So yeah, this is at matchup one Bama versus Utah matchup. Two is the incline boys from Colorado versus the flurries from Montana. And you'll, you'll, the, okay. they hunt the same unit. It's a week later is it um, elk as well. It's elk as well. Okay. Um, and the difference is, is the experience level of the team. So team yeah. Utah, team Bama are, are fairly inexperienced elk hunters. Team Incline and team Montana are both probably 10 plus years experience. So you're going to see some different techniques. You're going to see some different calling in. And we wanted to do that. We try to make our matchups as different as possible so that guys learn different techniques from different, you know, things. And, and on top of that, we wanted to make sure that we try to match up our teams with experience level as close as possible. So you're not coming out here feeling like, holy crap, we're up against Cameron Haynes and right. it's us, you know? <laughs> so we try to match up the teams as, as experience level, you know, but we, it's still a random draw. So yeah. you might be up against a team that's got more experience than you. That just makes you that much more, you know, hunting is already that. I've had multiple times where I've been to Montana and I, some new group walks up and shoots a big bull and it's like, right? these dudes have never been here, you know? So beginner's luck, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's beginner's real. luck in hunting and that happens. So we're excited to just kind of have it kind of just, it is what it is. Like, uh, you know? Yeah. You ever think like beginner's luck is just like, you are so inexperienced that you're good because because the elk, uh, you know, everybody walks, gets on this trailhead and goes a mile. And that inexperienced beginner's luck guy's like, well, I guess I'll just hunt off the trail. And they're hunting, yeah. you know, a couple hundred yards from the parking lot. And that's where a bull is hanging out <laughs> or something. Yeah. You, you, your experience almost kind of tends to make you overthink it rather than, right. under, you know, just like, well, this looks like a good spot to start. Let's just start yeah. here. You know, where an experienced guy's like, no way there's going to be an elk within five miles of the trailhead. I'm busting in, you know, and he yeah. runs by, you know, a giant herd. And, and truly in New Mexico, I would probably say I learned that more than anything because there's so much road activity all year long. There's yeah. guys driving those roads all year long. There were, there were water tanks that were legitimately right by roads. Like I'm talking dude sitting in the tree stand or in a ground blind and he's watching cars go by. And all of a sudden a car will go by and a freaking six by six, three thirty bull comes in and drinks in between cars, like, <laughs> and he gets stopped. So, um, throughout that hunt, it was crazy to watch, um, how people, you know, hunted by roads. Like I'm not that type of guy, 
I usually get away from the roads, but the elk didn't seem to matter. They, they were right. just kind of whatever. Interesting. So, okay. I, I want to, I want to ask a little bit more on that, but before we get off the topic, I asked you, what is season one? So we have, we have this matchup, which is elk. We have the next matchup, which is the Montana Colorado elk. What's after that? Two Arizona archery mule deer hunts. Okay, cool. So are those, is that an inexperienced versus and then an experienced one as well? Or uh, no, those ones are Aaron Snyder versus South Cox is the first matchup. And um, two uh, experienced teams, one from Utah and one from Idaho. Utah and where? Idaho. Idaho. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No, that's, that's awesome. Those will be great to watch. So then yeah, 12 episodes in total or 13 episodes, yeah. I guess. Cool. Yeah. You will probably have 13 more episodes on season one. Yeah. And then, okay. So, and then, well, we'll get into season two, but um, okay. So that's, that's the lineup for season one. So com- competition wise, you used to be, you were a college athlete, right? I listened to your podcast with Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Utah um, and went into collegiate sports. And then, um, you know, kind of after that, like we all kind of had to grow up and get jobs. Yeah. So um, So what'd you play? So I played center field um, in baseball um, back at uh, Utah University is what Utah Valley University played there for my college career and paid for my school. It was awesome. But after that, kind of bounced around real estate and actually did some, some door to door sales. And there's a ton of competition in that. So, um, (laughs) that's, that's kind of, uh, where I cut my teeth in the sales world. And then, you know, I hunted all through that. Like I've hunted since I was a little, little kid and, uh, hunting's always been my passion and I always driven me to, to go deeper and, you know, and, and so, we kind of hatched this idea probably two years ago where we were actually back in Montana and there were two, two guys from Michigan. Um, and if they <laughs> ever hear this, I know they'll know who I am because uh, we showed up and they were in our spot. Like, and I was like, what the heck? Like, I mean, I was pretty pissed and I'm like, that's it. Like it's us versus them for the week. Like whoever kills the biggest bull, And so every day we would like check kind of on, like we only camped like five or 600 yards away. So we'd always kind of check on them. And that's what I'm like. You guys packed in and we're like, damn it. Yeah. Seven miles into the Montana wilderness. And we'd been there like three years and never seen another human. And I'm talking, this has been like, this is one of our honey holes and we killed some awesome bulls back in there. And then all of a sudden we show up and these jokers are in our spot. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, anyway, long story short, that's what kind of hatched the idea. I'm like, if you took two teams and you dropped them in a totally new area, who would win? And so that's when hunt wars kind of hatched. Sure. Oh man. Yeah. That's like one of those points where, when you get in there and you see those guys, you go, um, all right, do we give them information so they don't really screw this whole thing up or do we just bank on them screwing it up or yeah. what do, what do we do here? Right. <laughs> well, uh, that's funny you say that. So in that, that exact thing, I'm like, all right, we know where our honey hole is. As long as they don't go back here, we're golden. So right. I'm like, Hey guys, and I knew there was always a chance that there were some, and, and it looked like good country, but we usually never found any elk in there, but it looked good. And so I, I pointed them that way. And I was like, Hey dudes, like, Hey, we'll, we'll hunt this way. You hunt that way. If you're cool with that. And they're like, they were cool. And so anyway, ended up, they ended up killing like an awesome five by five. And I'm like, dang it. Like, <laughs> so that beginner's luck, really the karma. Yeah you know, the karma got to us that year, but, um, it was funny. Uh, their buddy, one of his, there's only two of them. One of them got altitude sickness really bad. And so they had to go back out for days. Um, we didn't see them for like four or five days. And then they came back in to get their stuff and they hunted one day and killed that five by five. And they were like jazzed out of their mind. So, um, you know, good for them, but yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly what happened. So that's kind of why hunt wars, like really to me is, is the reality of hunting. And that's what you'll see in our show. There's no re 
doing scenes. Um, you don't see, you know, um, a lot of that. And if we miss the shot on one of the competitions, we miss the shot. We try not to, but you know, I just want it to be the 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 reality of hunting. I don't want it to be dramatized. I don't want it to be where you know you're watching a hunting show and you're like, "There's no way that that cameraman could be sitting at that angle <laughs> at this moment." Like right. all us hunters know that no cameraman's going to be literally between the hunter and the animal and filming the that's draw. Impossible. Yeah, right. that's filming impossible. a draw. Like, yeah, are you serious right now? Yeah. Yeah. So, but that that that's not. That's not that always is like a that's like a a real Debbie Downer for me. If I see that in footage, I'm like, oh, this is great footage, great footage. Oh, come on. Why did you have to throw that junk? You don't even need it in there. I don't think you do. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, yeah, this is gonna be the cold hard facts of other guys hunting. So we always we always start our shows off with hey we're everyday guys are stars of the show like if you watch the premiere that's that's our whole whole mantra and we have a blast in camp it's so freaking fun it's it seems like a good time and like from your perspective you know you brought these guys in you paid for their hunt you got them set up with all this gear you're like hey what i ask is that we can we get to film everything you do and you gotta you gotta help us out when we ask you to do something when we're filming when, the, when it comes down to the moment of truth, we're going to do our best to get it. Um, but like that, that's a real conversation because you could have some people that are like, get that camera out of here. Like, or you could have personalities that are not okay with a cameraman, like busting a shot or something like that. Yeah. The cameraman just getting a lean or something to get it. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's kind of why we do an interview process when we do our random selection. So randomly we select the teams and then we do an interview process. And through that interview process, we do lay out those expectations. Um, there's no alcohol in camp. There's no swearing. We try to keep it to a minimum that we, we want to produce like a really clean, fun show for everybody to watch. And so, the random draw gives everybody an opportunity, but at the end of the day, if somebody's not going to adhere to our expectations or our guidelines, they're out. Like I'm not right. going to do it. So, yeah, yeah, you're gonna at some point you're gonna get some entitled dude that thinks that like, hey, no, you drew me, you owe me. Yep. <laughs> it's like yep. no, I'll say, no, I don't. Hundred dollars back. Thank you. No. So. <laughs> right? Yeah. Get out of here. Don't yep. Want nothing to do with you. Yep. Uh, that is, that was one of my questions I wrote down. Cause like you, you have these personalities and you're like, man, I hope to God, you know, these people actually can navigate. I hope they can actually read a GPS and read on X and they don't get lost and they don't die and they don't, you know, get in trouble <laughs> or yeah. trespass or whatever yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. They're generally, yeah. We have a lot of faith in our hunters and the ethics side of things. Like, um, you know, we talk about our draw blood rule. Like if they draw blood, that's, that's it. And if they can't adhere to that, then they're not on the show. And oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So, yeah. We, we basically, and, and the reason why we can demand that is we paid for it. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Like we, that's why we did that is we paid for the hunt and we paid for the, t- you know, we're going to pay for the tags. We're going to pay for the licenses. Like all you're paying for is the gas to get out there. And then every, I mean, I, I literally hit up every team last year and basically on season one and said, Hey, what's your favorite snacks? What's your favorite drinks? Like, what can I get in camp? Um, this next season, we're going to have, um, bucked up, uh, supplements for everybody. And they just came out with their own energy drinks. So we'll have bucked up energy drinks in camp. Like we do everything we possibly can to keep you uh, motivated fed we have (laughs) chefs in camp we have guys stocking your your tents with wood so your stove's warm in the morning um i mean it's a pretty plush camp davis pretty plush oh it's awesome so (laughs) now the cool part is is you're you're also set up with peak refuels so if you want to go spike out we had teams that went and spiked out multiple days during the hunt they left base camp and they didn't come back and nice. we're, we're, we're set up for that as well. So yeah. it's a, uh, it's, it's a really, really cool uh, opportunity for a hundred bucks. You're not going to find anything remotely close to the value. You get. Yeah. And it's so in our most hunts seven, seven days that you guys put together. 
Um, the archery elk hunts are seven days. The mule deer hunts, they'll be rifle. They'll be six. Um, last year, they were six or uh, six day hunts. Okay. The antelope and the ducks are going to be probably three, two to three. They'll, they'll be yeah. fairly quick. Yeah, um, no, I was just cu- I was curious because I mean, you could I could certainly see people bail out like and become unmotivated after like day eight or nine or 10 and they're not getting on elk or something like that. They're just like, yeah, screw it. Like they're not out here. Why am I going to bust my ass for another day? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, um, we haven't had that yet. Um, I can see that being uh, an issue. And at the end of the day, we, we did this as a random draw and those dudes are going to take some heat on social media or right? YouTube. I mean, uh, we're going to film it as is. And just, you know, the Bama boys being in their tent, like we filmed it, you know, they right. probably weren't proud of it. It wasn't there, you know, well, it was more of a recovery thing, but we're going to film what, what, what happens. And yeah. if dudes are sitting in camp, they're sitting in camp and guys are going to know about it and see, this is going to show what hunting really is for that team. So, right. Um, yeah, we, that do is, very, yeah. we do a very good process in our, in our interviews. If I feel like there is that, that worry, I, I, I always get to make the final decision. Yeah. So. There's a, yeah. There's another team that applied. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's lots of other teams that applied that would be more than yeah. stoked to go out and hunt seven days. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So then what about the, what about the cameraman? Do you just have one camera person with each group? Or how does that work? Last year we had two. We had one with the shooter and one with the caller on all of our elk hunts. And then okay. on the mule deer hunts, we had one cameraman per group. This year we'll gotcha. probably just have one cameraman per group. Yeah. Okay. Um, that way it, it's just, it's quieter, less scent. Everything mm. that you just talked about, you know, with the cameraman blowing shots or this and that, it, it lowers our risk of that having one person instead of two. Right. Did that happen at all in season one? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's a uh, cameraman versus hunter's word. The hunters say that they did, and the cameraman said there's no way. So I don't know. Right. It'll all come out in the video. You'll have to make your own assumptions. Yeah, and that's like, yeah, that's uh. So I I film some friends and whatnot, and sometimes some of them get pretty like we're not even doing it for competition or anything. We're doing it for fun. They're like, don't move, and I'm like, just let me move my camera. Stop moving. You're gonna blow it you know, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but I, mean, I tell my, I tell my hunting buddies all the time to stop moving. They don't even have a camera. They're just moving <laughs> all the time. Like they're ridiculous. So yeah. yeah, there is definitely, there hasn't been, you know, at the end of the day, there hasn't been any disagreements between the cameraman and the, you know, we picked hunters as our cameraman. So okay. sure. you, you got guys that know what they're doing. They're not just cameramen. Like they don't understand that you're not coming from LA place. and yeah right exactly (laughs) yeah i i uh for sure and and we we definitely lay that down in in the kind of the briefing at camp like listen if a cameraman's doing something that's ticking you off tell him they're not going to be offended if you need them in a certain spot tell them they're not going to be offended like our cameramen are very good that way with hey i need you on my butt right here right now or hey stay 10 yards back or you know so we, uh, we had to hear to kind of what's going on. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so then what about, okay. So this kind of season one, what about season two? So let's talk about the, the hunts you have coming up. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I had a couple other questions in my head. I can't write as fast as I think. So I, I lose yeah. them. <laughs> well, we, we can bounce back. Um, no big deal, but Season two um, is going to feature. So season one was 18. Season two is now 12. Um, okay. We, we expanded it. Um, we have two antelope teams that will be rifle teams. Um, that will be a really fun hunt. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, last year, our elk hunts were back to back weeks. So we had two teams versus two, you know, one yep. week and then two teams the next. This year in season two, all four teams are against each other. And it's one week of mayhem in the nice. upwards. Are, so are you going to have, do you do yeah. it during a specific time frame? Are you yeah, doing it so, September? 
uh, September in the heat of the rut. Yeah, okay. this year I'm looking um, for that September 18th to the 26th time frame where sure. the bulls are just going bonkers. And yeah. the tags that we're looking at buying are some really good tags, like really good opportunity, lots of elk in the unit. And they will be more than likely unit wide tags. Um, and the reason we do that is we like our guys to be able to be on, on public ground the private land that we usually buy the elk tags from aren't like a lot of the times it's like desert cattle guys that we buy the tags from and the elk are not on their property. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we are, we just kind of open it up. If they want to hunt private property, great. If they want to hunt public property, great. Like wherever they find the elk, they have to go. And as long as it's, it's even across well. all the teams, like what more can yeah. you ask? Yeah. They'll all have the same, they'll all have the same, tags like they'll all be able to hunt private public whatever this is the unit wide that you can hunt go do you know go yeah. go bonkers so, so essentially yeah so you're not buying like tags from the state really you're buying tags from landowners in a mm -hmm. unit and then you're gonna okay that's how that would make sense because it'd be really hard to be like all right everybody put in for this draw i hope we yeah. don't get it <laughs> yeah we can't and you know, last year we did um, over-the-counter archery Arizona tags. Okay. And but we hired uh, an outfitter to give us some good areas that they knew held big bucks. Um, okay. And I I presume you know, and this is an interesting. I haven't really discussed this on any of the other podcasts, but um, you know, I I've kind of gone back and forth on the public land side of things. Like, does it really matter? You know, if we had a 20,000 acre private ranch and these guys still had to show up. They still had to get it done. They still had to like, does it really matter if it's public or private? Like that's kind of what I'm like wrestling with is I'm like, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. It's new to them regardless. So if it's a private ranch or it's a public ranch, as long as it's not high fenced, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying yeah. high fence, but I'm saying 20,000 or 50,000 private acres that's a lot of country anyway, you know, yeah, trying oh, yeah. to find animals in that stuff without a guide is probably just as hard as public ground, you know? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I, I don't think if you're my, my initial thought perspective on that as a, as a viewer and a, and a hopeful participant within the next 10 years would be that, uh, like if, if you're focused, if you're watching this and focused on the competition aspect of it, it's still totally fine because it's two teams. Both of them have never been there before. Both of them have similar experience levels and they're both going after private land animals, right? Yep. If you're focused on like the hunting aspect of it, which seems to be like, you know, there's a bunch of haters out there that are like, Oh, well, come try to do that on public land. Cause you can't do that. You couldn't kill a, a, a three fifty bull in my unit, you know, but that's not the, that's not the point of the show at right. all. Like, yeah. so and, I, and I, and I agree with that hunter and it's like, well then stop putting in for bad units. You know, like, <laughs> like, like right? I, I, I agree with you. There are not, there are, there are very few units you can go kill a three fifty bull, but at the end of the day. So for you, for example, you put in your hundred dollars. I call you and I say, Hey, you won, you're on hunt wars. And you're like, sweet. Where am I going hunting? Oh, just buy an over the counter Idaho hunt. You're going to love it. You're going to see tons of animals. <laughs> like, like, do you get what I'm saying? I want these guys oh, yeah. to have a hunt of a lifetime. And it, so for so, me, that yeah. that's part of it. You know, like if I called you and said, Hey, we've got 20,000 acres. It's private. You're going to see anywhere from 280 to 330 class bulls. And there's going to be a lot of elk. Are you more jazzed or me calling you and saying, dude, we're, we're, you know, we're on public land in Idaho over the counter. You're going to have a thousand guys in your unit and it's going to be super fun. You're going to love, it. you know, like uh, that, that's, that's really so, truly what I'm wrestling with. And I feel like I don't, I don't know the answer. You know, I personally, so, and this, I, maybe I'm different than most people on here, but I'm happy either way for different reasons, like over the counter Idaho public tag. Like I get to go there. And if I strike out and if I don't kill, well, it's an over the counter Idaho tag. I have no issue. Not, right. not, not fulfilling a tag there. My right. expectation is a lot less. The adventure aspect is a lot higher, like sweet. Right. 
I'm cruising around and I'm just yeah. looking and I'm amongst all these other people like, and the, the, the competition aspect of, of my personality is even higher because now I'm not just fighting against two other people. I'm fighting against a thousand other people. Right. Right. So, so the, the taste of victory there and getting that backstrap is going to be much greater than if I go to a piece of private and I kill a bull without really trying too hard on day two or something that might mentally get to me like this wasn't like a hard earned bowl, I guess, to that aspect. But at the same time, like if I, if you call me up and go, Hey man, you have 20,000 acres, private land, phenomenal hunting. Like you're going to go out there, you're going to see some great bulls and this is a competition. Then in my head, it's like, okay, now, now it's not just a hunt to kill something with horns. Right. I need to find a specific bull and I need to spend a lot of time looking on this property and hopefully kill on one of the last days once I find a good bull. And it's a right. different, it's a different type of hunt. And I'm still stoked to do that as well. Yeah. I, and I agree. I mean, and that's why we, we try to find public land hunts, but if I come across a really good private land, that's got a ton of, acres. I mean, I'm not talking a thousand acres. I'm not talking something where you're cramming everybody in, but you know, I've hunted some ranches in private ranches that are 13 to 25,000 acres. You're not even running into guys. I mean, right. a, a guy's not even hunting 13,000 acres on a given week. Like that, that's a lot <laughs> of country to hunt, you know, in, oh, in, yeah. on a public land. So my thought is, is um, we're going to find the best tags we possibly can afford. And for that, you know, that way guys, when they go to apply, they're going to be like, Hey dude, I'm hunting quality animals because the second one is probably a little bit more important to me on our show is I want you to think twice about what bull you're pulling back on. I want you to think twice about, you know, I want this to be a fun hunt either way. And when you're seeing animals, you're having fun. Yeah. Well, and then also from your perspective, a little bit too, is you don't want to put out uh, honestly, and this is like part of the competition aspect and part of the whole hunting industry, but you don't want to put out nine episodes or 12 episodes with no elk in it. Right. You, okay. you don't want people to strike out every single time. Cause it's like, yeah. Hey, I want to watch hunt wars, but no one ever actually no one ever kills. does well. <laughs> no one ever gets on an elk. I agree. Right. And it's hard enough to get on an elk in seven days when they're in the area, let alone right? not in the area. So exactly. that's kind of, that's kind of what we're learning through this. And you know, we'll probably get a little bit of haters that are like you said, Hey, come try to kill that bull in my unit. And I'm like, I'm not trying to kill that bull in your unit. I'm trying <laughs> to just have a really fun opportunity for guys to go and compete. And yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. And I've always said, we don't need to kill 400 inch bulls on this show. We just need to have everybody. If, if everybody tagged out on the elk uh, season this year and it, and a three thirty won it, I'd be pumped out of my mind because that's, that's what we, we want to give guys opportunities, right. you know? Oh yeah. And, in seven days, I mean, clean, getting a three thirty in seven days in a unit you've never stepped foot in before with no prior information. Like that's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's hard enough to do on private or public land. I yeah. don't, I don't care who you are. That is a tough ask anywhere. And yeah. so I got my first, I got my first bull this year is a four point. And this was my like 32nd or 30 day hunting, 33rd day hunting elk over the course of four years. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I, I a hundred percent understand how lucky it'd be to get a good bull in seven days. Yeah. Um, you're exactly right. And that's kind of what we're shooting for. So yeah, it's funny. I, I haven't discussed that on any other podcast. So you're the first to hear it. Yeah, um, yeah pretty cool. Uh, that all of our hunts will be DIY. I just don't know if they will be public land as opposed to private. And sure. I'm not really worried either way. I think it's going to be an awesome show regardless. Well, yeah. And I'll give you this perspective as well as we have. So my family owns hundred acres and it's one property away from the public. And when I don't find the white tails on my property or I don't see them on my camera, I'm always like, ah, they're on the public, you know, but if you're on the public, yeah. they're always on the private. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Exactly. And elk, yeah, I mean, elk, shoot, you might have some dude just roll in and blow out a herd on the first day yeah. and they'll just push to public. And then you're like, well, they were here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another uh, thing that I, I get concerned with. So 
there's just a lot that goes into this. And yeah. the funniest part about this whole show is you think about when you and your buddies film a hunt. You think about when any other hunting show films a hunt, they are in control because they selected the hunters. We don't select the hunters. <laughs> but we don't. So we get what we get and we have to make a show out of that. That's what makes us so diverse and so different. I think that's the fun part about it is like week to week, you never know who the heck's going to show up. Like, honestly, one of the reasons I picked my partner, his name's Nick. He's a good friend of mine. He's never elk hunted before in his life, but he is the goofiest, gooniest kid you're ever going to meet. And he would make, like, I've always wanted to film him and I do every now and then, but the kid, like he decides to hunt at 4am that day. And, you yeah. know, so we've never been able to like sync up with something. And I was like, dude, give me 50 bucks. I'm going to put you in for this thing. If we get on, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, I, uh, I mean, I love that. I love that it's bringing guys together for a hunt. And the, the other aspect about it is everybody's kind of like totally chill at camp at night. And then the next day they're competitors again, but right every night it just seems like we all just have a blast and you don't have to share what you saw or anything that you, you know, that you, you, you don't have to share that information. We say that out loud, like, Hey guys, like share whatever you want. If you don't want to talk about what you saw that day, nobody's going to beat you up for it, but right. You know, hang out with us, like talk about other hunting stories. And that's what it's turned in, in, in to be. And it's, it's really hard to capture that and put that in our show. And I wish I, we could somehow like just strategically somehow place in, but we have some of the funniest, funnest conversations back at camp and it's just a good time. So that's cool. That's a, that's another thing. That's kind of a, a cool hunt wars thing is you get to meet new people and, you know, kind of make new friends through the process. That is one of the, one of the things my buddies and I, so a couple years, probably like four years ago, we all went on an elk hunt and um, the objective was to kill elk. And that's what we were all there for from Wisconsin. There were six or seven of us out there. Um, and uh, when we got done, we had a nine day hunt. When we got done, one of my buddies had a good idea and he goes, his name's Mark. And he goes, Hey guys, what would you do next year to make this like more fun? No one killed an elk that year. Yeah. And everyone's response was come back to camp sooner and hang out. Like, don't, don't spend every get up at 3am every morning and come back to camp at 10pm. Yeah. You know, get back to camp, bullshit, yeah. have some good fun, hang out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's funny that I feel the same. We, I have two buddies that I hunt with and we always have asked, like, you know, thought about adding a fourth and then just splitting up and going in twos. And I'm like, but then we, we don't get a hang all day. Like it's the fun middle of the day jokes, the, the, just the, the, the laughs that you have throughout the hunt. Right. And so, um, I dead agree tired and nothing yeah, matters. It's just, it's, it's hard. You're, you're like, well, if we split up, then we don't see you guys till that evening. Mm -hmm. And so we've always just kept it us three. Cause we're like, all right, we can kill three elk in seven days usually, but normal, you know, but and we rotate through shooters and we always draw cards at the beginning of the year and see who's going to be the first shooter, second shooter, third shooter. And, you know, it's just been, it's been really fun to, to, to keep us three together and we always hunt together. So I, I yeah. get what you're saying. It, it is, it's tough to, you almost kind of like miss out on stuff when you break up in different groups. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, one of the other things I wanted to, to touch on was the competition aspect of things yep. like hunting competitions, like yep. that kind of comes under fire, right. By, by non hunters, like, why are you guys competing to kill stuff? Right. Um, and I, and I, I think like all of my listeners are pretty much all of them. I guess are are hunters, but yeah. the, the, the thing that's about that is essentially like these people aren't like, I guess go into the scoring aspect yeah. as well and yeah. the ethics. And you've already mentioned the ethics of right. you draw blood, you're done. Can you talk? Yeah. Just talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk through that. So number one, I think a lot of the competitions that are under fire are you're killing as many animals as you can in a certain amount of time. Most of them are predators, right? Like yeah. the predator hunters. Um, I, I actually have respect for those guys and they, they do us all a favor because they, 
they thin out all that predator pressure on our herds, which are a big deal. If you've hunted out yeah. West, you understand what wolves do. You understand what coyotes do. Like it's a big deal, you know, mountain lions. But for us, you're, you're, you're still only killing one animal. Like it's a, it's every time you go out, you're, you're looking for the biggest bull or buck you can find. Like that's what hunting is, right? Some guys like to kill the first one and sometimes, you know, that they see, and some guys like to kill the oldest one or they don't tag out at all. And our show doesn't put any pressure on that at, at all. I mean, to be completely honest with you, there's some matchups in season one. If you just would have killed, you would have won. Like, so <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, choose what you want. It's your hunt. And if you hold out and hold out and hold out, you might end up losing to a raghorn. And that's right. the cool part. So the competition side all blends into the scoring. So how our scoring worked for season one, and it will follow that same criteria season two is we do total gross score of the animal. I've never been a fan of net score. I hate deductions. If the animal grew it, let him keep it. Like that's cool. We're in the same so, boat. <laughs> I'm a gross score guy. The other thing is, is so if an animal scores, let's say an elk scores 300 inches gross score, the next scoring metric is on the maturity of the animal. So we age all of our animals. We, we take them in, have a biologist age them. Okay. That I was going to, I was going to say, do you think, do you think this is a comparison that I've said to some of my closer friends, which is people who just grow score animals are regular fishermen with spinning reels. People who net score are fly fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's probably. Or the snobby purist types snobby. that are like, oh, yeah, no, it's the guys that are like, oh, let's, yeah, he, he netted this though, you know, whatever. So, right. um, anyway, so sorry. The, the, so it was, the maturity, it was, yeah. Yep, so the maturity too. of the animal is, is a big part. And we, give you double points for that. So if the animal's five years, you get 10 years of, uh, of, uh, or 10 points. So okay. we give you double the maturity as a score. So now your bull that would score 300, he's five years old. Your score is now at 10, uh, okay, 310. 10. Yeah. yeah. The last metric is what we, we also, I really thought through and that's the yardage. So now your yardage can actually act as a deduction. You get penalized for farther shots. So from zero to 40 yards, you have no, no deduction. That's our sweet spot. We don't penalize you for that. Anything over 40 to 60 yards gives you a 10 point deduction. Anything from 60 to 80 yards gives you a 20 point deduction. And anything 80 plus yards gives you a 30 point deduction. So in that example, you shoot a bull, he's five years old, he scores 300 inches, but you shot him at 83 yards. You get a 30 point deduction on your score. So you just went from 310 to 280. Yeah. And it's whoever is the highest scoring team wins. So it's, it's a competition of a lot of different strategies. Like you could shoot a 280 bull who's two years old at 40 at 39 yards. And you just won that matchup of the bull that scored 300. Like there's a lot that goes into yeah. how these guys operate throughout the hunt. And that's the, the metric throws a whole nother dynamic on the competition because the biggest bowl might not win. Right. No. And that makes, that makes sense. I, I was, when I saw the scoring come out, I was really curious if the, the age and the yardage would really make a difference because it's a low, such a low point value and the gross score is such a high point value. But now that you're laying it out like this, it can, I mean, you could, you could shoot a 350 and someone could shoot a 300 and you would lose. You'd and lose. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it, it really, when you, when you lay it out that way and you're like, holy cow, like 20 points off the score. And then the maturity, you know, they're definitely there. I mean, if you shot a 350 bull and they shot a 300, I mean, that's a lot of points to make up, you know, in the deductions. Yeah. And, and we, we did that for a reason, because at the end of the day, if you both shot three 30 bulls, now it comes down to, okay, they're both the same age, but, oh, holy cow. One team shot at 12 yards. One team shot at, you know, 50 yards. Yeah. 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 That's the difference. So, yeah. Oh man. That would be a, that would be a fight with the, uh, with the shooter and the cameraman. And he's like, range, find me 40.5. No, yeah. no, no, no. I was standing right here. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's actually very accurate. So every time a shot is taken, they can't move from that spot. 
and they have to dictate and basically the the cameraman becomes the referee right yeah yeah how far that was yeah yep. that makes sense um and obviously is that a is that a moving scale does that vary from species to species um we kept it pretty the only thing that we we do is we take off the shot restriction if we go down to the last day and the reason I do that is if you shoot a spike from 80 yards, your score's down negative. <laughs> so uh, we sure. take the shot yardage on sudden, we call it sudden death day. And basically, uh, yeah, it filled the tag. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, and so this year we'll probably keep those scoring metrics. Um, obviously on ducks, it's going to be on species and shots missed and this and that. Sure. But for the big game animals, we'll probably keep that same criteria throughout season two. Have you thought of the rifle distances that are going to be the markers? We have. Um, I'm still like, I'm still kind of playing around with it. And I'm also, the point values need to be a little bit adjusted like an antelope. You know, you can't do a, you can't do a 20 point deduction because <laughs> that would decimate your score. So right. there, it'll probably be like a three or five point deduction instead of you know something that that actually makes sense for that animal so um but what we wanted to do is we wanted to stay consistent so that everybody already knows going into season two like okay here's the scoring metric like i want guys when they see the shot they're already adding up the score in their head that bull scores (laughs) 330 that's about a 30 yard shot that's about a six-year-old bull that's their score like I would love it to be that way where guys are so intrigued with the scoring. They already know the teams in season two. So we're drawing all of our teams, June 16th. They're going to be posting on social media. They're going to be doing workouts. I mean, you're going to know the teams that are competing in season two all summer long. They're going to post when they get gear showing up to their house, you know, all the archery guys for season two are getting prime Nexus bows to shoot on their hunt. And yes, Sweet. we're trying it this year. Like I'm going to have everybody shoot those Nexus bows. We're giving them to them early enough. They'll be able to dial them in. They'll be able to get their stuff switched off of them, but that's going to be a criteria. And I'm going to try it this year and see how it goes. Um, so there's going to be a lot more interaction with the teams of season two on a regular basis that all yeah. of our followers are going to be able to get to know that by the time the episodes air, you're going to know the scoring, the teams, you're going to be rooting for it. Like you're going to yeah. be jazzed to, to watch season two, even more than you are season one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I, I really like the fact that it's, it's different personalities, uh, every, like every hunt plus every season, like it's yeah. different people. And you're like, Oh man, I hope this dude wins. He's just, he looks like he deserves it. He looks like he earns yeah. this opportunity, man. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a blast. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of fun. Um, we definitely, when guys come at me hard and are like, "This is a scam" or "This is that," or you know, I get really defensive. And the reason being is we are as open and transparent as anything that you know is out there. And what would people have to bitch about? Um, they feel like we rigged the draft or. Like the, uh, the odds aren't great. And I'm like, like the other day, for example, I'll, I'll bring this up. Dude hit us up on Facebook or something and was like, this is a scam. I can put in for all the raffles for Wyoming super tag. And I only have to pay $10. This is a hundred dollars. So I then, um, literally, uh, okay. Don't apply. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just do a little breakdown here. I'm like, once you draw the super raffle tag, let's say you draw the moose tag of Wyoming. Do you know what that costs? And it's $2,300 to buy that license. So you put in for 10, you win it. It's 2,300 bucks. Um, for us, you put in a hundred dollars up front. You, your license is paid for Your tag is paid for Your food is paid for Your gas is paid for Like, I'm like, dude, this is not even close. And I'm like, no, do the math here. I'm like, we did eight hunts in season one. They cost me right about $60,000. And we got 50 participants, the applications that put in $100. Do that <laughs> math for me and tell me who's getting scammed. You, know, I, I, you mentioned that. Play. Yeah, you mentioned that previously on, I don't know if it was on a podcast or where it was, but I was like, 
holy cow, that math is not going to work out in your favor in year one. <laughs> no, or, and, and, you know, maybe not in year two, I'll be honest with you right now, the odds. So this Good. is the other funny part, the tags we bought last year in New Mexico, I went and looked at the odds of an, of a non-resident to draw that tag. So if you take eight teams, spread it across 50 applications, that's like a 25% chance of drawing. The, the chances of you drawing that New Mexico elk tag um, was less than 1% as a non-resident. And you have to buy a license in New Mexico to even apply for the tag, which is like $130. Mm -hmm. So every non-resident that put in for New Mexico had worse odds putting in for a general season New Mexico or a limited entry tag than they did on being on a show. And they paid more. And they paid more. <laughs> and that's how Arizona, that's how Arizona is. That's oh, yeah. how Colorado is. You have to buy a license. That's how Idaho is. You're, you're spending way over $100 to apply for those states. And you're only applying for one elk tag and one deer tag. And it's not even, a, it's 50 bucks because you're splitting it with a partner. Yep. Like 50 bucks. You get to bring it Yeah. I, yeah, I told, that's why I, when I first heard about you on Aaron's podcast, it looked you up and I was like, 50 bucks for this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call my buddy. Exactly, yeah. Exactly give me, right. Give me 50 I, uh, bucks. I, um, yeah, I really don't know how else to put it out there that like we are hunters doing something different. And yeah, I hope that we can just add more hunts in the future. Like this is not something that's going to retire me. This is something that I think is going to bring some really cool light to the hunting world. And yeah. that's what we want to do. Um, we want to put the hunt back in hunting. No more trail cameras, no more preseason scouting. Like you know, when you enter those big buck contests and a dude's job is to hunt and he's up against you, it's like, yeah, right. why would I even put in for that? Here, this levels the playing field. There's nothing yeah. like it out there. No matter where we hunt, it's a level playing field because nobody stepped foot in that area before. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. And it gets you it the, the competition sense of it. I, I like that because people always just, it's just in human nature, especially like male and, and men nature to be like better and to be the best and try to be the best. Right. Yeah. And people have always said like, Oh, this dude's a better hunter. Or that dude's a better hunter or whatever. This is actually like a, a defining yeah. moment of, are yeah. you better than this? All these other two people here. Yeah. You better know? and more lucky, you know, the lucky, <laughs> the lucky side. Right. Of it. And the, and the cool part is, is we've had a lot of girls apply for season two and couples. Um, oh, so nice. you might be up against a couple hunting, you know, or, or a girl team. It's totally going to be a fight. It's, They're going to fight it out. Yeah. I'm going to whisper, mean, I'm going to whisper really mean thoughts to the, to the wife. Be like, Hey, he was talking shit about you today. He is really <laughs> upset at you right now. Um, so that's the, that's the, the cool part about this is uh, we're getting a lot of diversity in hunters, a lot of diversity cool. in, in hunting um, people that are coming into this. And that's what I hope. I hope that over the, the, the span of, of hunt wars season 50, we've got, a hundred teams competing all over the world. And yeah. that's, that's really where this is going to go. Um, is that's we're cool. going to, we're going to make it the hunting Olympics. You're going to show up one time and all of a sudden you're hunting against a team from Australia and you're like, what the heck? So, uh, we've had a <laughs> yeah. lot of, actually, we've had a few people from other countries apply this year. Really? That's pretty cool. So, yeah. I had a couple dudes from uh, from Australia, New Zealand hit me up and I'm like, apply. If you can hunt in the US, you're in. Like if your name's drawn, 100%. Like I would right. welcome it. And so you might have guys, you know, that you're competing against from all over. And That's I will tell you this, the seasons and the hunts are always going to be top tier, really cool animals and hunts that I want to go on that guys will want <laughs> to apply for that guys will want to do so um after this uh first season it's been funny because a lot of conservation groups were kind of nervous about the hunting and competition in the same series yeah. you know in the same category and when they saw our first episodes that all those fears like went away they're like you guys are just regular guys you're doing it the right way 
And that's what it is, is we're doing it the right way. We're giving guys an opportunity to hunt a sweet unit that they've never been to before. Yes, yeah. there's prizes on the line, but there's always a prize on the line. It's the, the end result of you shooting an animal and harvesting it. That's the real prize. Yeah. And if he happens to score more than the other guys, you win a bunch of cool gear, you know, like right. it really is, is kind of the best of, of all the world. So I'm, yeah. I'm jazzed. Yeah. I've, as you can tell, I'm super passionate about it. No. The ethics are really important to me, keeping our ethics at the highest. Good. Yeah. And that's, and that's the only way like this is that this is going to last long-term, right? Yep. You get some, you get some bad people in there that, you know, are shooting multiple animals and losing them or something like that. Like that is a great way to get yep. bad publicity on this. Right. Yep. Yep. So no, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. So then, um, going forward. So you said they are put your drawing on June 16th, right? Yep. When is the deadline to apply? June 15th that evening. Okay. So okay. that evening is the last day. Now the cool part is, is if guys like are like holding out, I wouldn't hold out. We've got some crazy giveaways that we do almost every week for our applicants. Um, so we've drawn applicants almost every week to win sheep feet, mountain mafia sleeping bags, a Leopold range finder, um, a peak refuel gift or a, uh, pack that got sent out to them on X elite memberships. Um, uh, this next week will be a bow spider setup. Uh, we'll do nice. a prime bow at some point. I mean, the giveaways are just, you know, the, the most depressing day in a hunter's life is the day after draw day when they're unsuccessful. <laughs> like there's really no, no, no words to describe it. And so right. what I've tried to do is recreate that excitement, at least on a minimal level every okay. week. Yeah. So every yeah. week a hunt wars guy is going to win, win something. So your name's in the hat. When you apply for hunt wars, you apply for every giveaway that we do that way every week, there's a chance that you might get your name called and win a, you know, a $250 gift, you know, from a, a sheep feet setup or whatever. Sure. So for us, um, I want to recreate and have a really cool environment. The guys are like begging for, you know, Saturday to come because it's hunt wars giveaway day. Right. And my application qualifies me for this because there's no de more depressing day than the day that you find out you're not successful and you have to wait an entire year to put in again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. And that's really nice. That's something, I mean, that's on top of the, just the $50 per yeah. person. Like, yeah, yeah, man. I don't know how your financials are working out. It's none of my business, but damn. <laughs> uh, well, well, I've, always, yeah. I've always said it this way. If uh, First off, you can't take it with you when you die. And second off, if we look back and we had a crazy fun time, but made no money, at least we had fun doing it. Right. You know? Yeah. So, Dude, are you, are, are you missing out on all your hunts because of this? Like, do you travel with all these guys and do all this? Uh, season one, I did. I was in New Mexico from September 1st to September 26th, nonstop. And I've got a family with four little kids. So that was a big ask on my wife and Dang. she was cool with it. And then I was gone again in Arizona for another three weeks filming the Arizona matchup. So yeah, we, year one. Um, ultimately, I'd like to get to a point where I can probably go back to hunting. Um, during the New Mexico hunts, it was cool because the second week, um, those dudes, uh, were, we had kind of got everything kind of squared away and it was really, you know, kind of all on autopilot, so to speak. Yeah. And the, I'd met some dude in the little rinky dink town that was near where we were hunting. And he's like, Hey, I've got a, a, a lease on some private property that has a landowner tag. Would you like to hunt it? And so I actually hunted no, this really? of, yeah, on a total different unit, <laughs> total different. Um, and so it was, it was fun. I snuck away and hunted. Uh, we'd get up at four 30, make sure the teams had everything they needed for the day. They'd bounce. And then I would drive over and hunt myself throughout the day. Um, and then we would bust it back and make dinner for all the teams. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it was fun, but yeah, um, it's definitely cut into my hunting personally, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I bet that's one of your, one of your wife's texts to you that quotes work. 
I'm glad yeah, you're out right, working right. today. You're working today. Yeah, I'm like, I'm crushing it. I'm working hard, you know, so. So busy, no reception. Sorry, can't yeah, talk. Sorry, can't talk. It's like become a, uh, my wife doesn't listen to the podcast. She hears my voice enough, but that's become a, a staple when I go on a Western trip is I doubt we're going to get reception, hon. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of, of wives uh, mean texts that their husbands hadn't hit them up for a while and they're like where the heck is my husband and i'm like i don't know it's not my job mountain. man not my I job like, like i didn't want to sell him out and be like uh he's got reception sorry i don't know what you want me to say you know so right yeah yeah oh that's funny all right well awesome hey thanks for being on um yeah. hunt uh hunt wars it's just hunt wars on with a z yeah yeah give your, and, give your and- spiel yeah. So hunt wars with a Z is our Instagram. Go, go, uh, uh, follow us there. Uh, hunt wars TV with a Z is also our go subscribe there on YouTube. You can watch our episodes. We'll have all of season one loaded up on Amazon prime later on this year, of course, when we are, when we've gone through all of our episodes and then also on carbon TV, um, okay. you can go watch our episodes there. Um, you apply at huntwars.com. So huntwars.com is our, our homepage. You just go in. It's really easy. In fact, now we've even made it easier where one person applies. You don't need to even tell me who your partner is. And the reason we do that is because partners sometimes change. I found out like we'll draw a guy in June and he's like, I don't even like that guy anymore. That was my <laughs> Now we got a problem. So We'll draw one name out of the hat um, on June 16th, and then we'll call you, set up an appointment with you and your partner to do a video chat um, to do the interview process for season two. So sure, go apply there and then check out the episodes. You'll freaking love it. Yeah, no. And, and again, to everybody listening, the episodes are, they are legit. So go, go watch them. If you know me, I'm kind of a I don't know what a footage snob. Like sometimes I just quit watching stuff because I don't like the footage. But yeah, these episodes are are pretty good. Oh. And uh, and you guys, you guys got good gear too. Like you guys got yeah. great sponsors, good gear, and all that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Well, hey everyone, appreciate yeah, appreciate you tuning in today. Um, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Arrow Hunter. So if you guys are in the market for a, a tree saddle or you're looking into saddle hunting, please go check out Arrow Hunter. And uh, also, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review. Really appreciate that. Helps people find me a little bit easier. And uh, and then through that, Hunt Wars as well. All right. Catch you guys Thank later. You. See ya. See ya.